110 years ago, next Sunday, a fire broke out at St. Philip Neri Church in the Bronx, New York. It was early morning, and very quickly the entire building was engulfed in flames. The fire department came on scene and they ordered that no one enter the building as the fire was already fully developed. Nonetheless, two priests rushed, pushed their way through the crowds and rushed into the burning church. Having risked their lives, they emerged a few minutes later, a few moments later. One of the priests held something that was wrapped in a cloth and cupped in his hands. And the other priest carried a lit candle. What could be so important that it was worth entering the burning church to save? Wrapped in that cloth that was clutched by the priest was what appeared to be bread. We have lit the first candle on our Advent wreath and we are on the first week of Advent in our new Advent series that we're calling Presence, God With Us. Quoting from a prophecy of Isaiah, Matthew chapter one verse 23 says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God's present, God's promise to be present God's promise to be with us continues today. So no matter what you go through, no matter how dark the valley may seem, no matter how isolated you might feel, God is with you. And the preeminent way that God is present to you and God is with you is in what those priests ran into that building church to save. For what the priest had in his hands was not ordinary bread, but the bread of life, the Eucharist. In Greek, the word Eucharistia means thanksgiving. And it makes sense that we'd use this word because when Jesus instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper, he gave thanks. And in a few moments at the consecration, we'll repeat his very words and we too will give thanks. Last weekend was our annual stewardship weekend and I am so grateful to everyone who made a faith commitment to our parish offertory for the coming year. More than just making our ministry possible, your giving honors God as an act of worship. If you still want to make a faith commitment, we will gratefully receive them at any time. Thank you. And that's my last commercial for a while. (laughs) I don't know what your Thanksgiving was like, but for our family, we ate all day, and then we sat down to eat a giant dinner. (laughs) When we share meals, it's not just about ingesting the nutrients we need to support life, because a large part of sharing meals is sharing our lives and strengthening the connections that we have with others. Sharing a meal is really communion. And communion is about togetherness. More specifically, literally, communion means sharing something together. 
Growing up, one of my best friends was Carl, and his mother was from the Dominican Republic, and on her car, she had a bumper sticker that said, Yo no como solo. Yo no como solo, which Carl told me meant, I do not eat alone. I do not eat alone. And in the Eucharist, we do not eat alone because we are connected to Jesus who said, take, eat, this is my body, and take, drink, this is my blood. As well as connecting us to God, the Eucharist connects us to all of the members of Christ's mystical body, the church, which includes all of the saints in heaven, all of the souls in purgatory, and all of the people, all of our brothers and sisters that are, that are members of the church on earth, which is why at Mass, we should feel especially close to all the people that we love, living and dead. In our Gospel today, Jesus is preaching on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. The scene takes place in the days before, between his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and his arrest and crucifixion. Jesus is talking about the unexpected nature of his second coming, but we should also have in our minds the other comings of Jesus. His first coming into the world at Christmas, his coming for you personally at the end of your life, and the, the thousand and one other ways that he, that he comes into your life with inspirations, impulses, insights, feelings of encouragement, or even invitations to convert. Jesus starts by talking about what people were doing at the time of the great flood in Noah's time. And I think it's a good opportunity for us to do a quick pop quiz. How many animals did Moses bring on the ark? He got me. <laughs> Zero. Moses didn't have the ark, Noah did. Okay. I'm sorry, it was, I, too, much, too, much, uh, too much turkey. We'll get back to the gospel. In those days, in Noah's time, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Simply put, the people were doing the ordinary things of life and they had no sense that the great flood was coming. And then Jesus says, it'll be the same thing at his second coming. He said, there will be two men out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. There'll be two women grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one be left. And it's the same thing. We will be doing the ordinary things of ordinary life. And because we can get caught up in whatever we're doing, and when we get caught up, we lose sight of the, the big picture, Jesus says to us, therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Some people think they can delay their response to God's grace. But this is not only an ungrateful abuse of his gift, but it's sheer foolishness. Because all of our actions form habits. They either orient us towards God or orient us away from God. So when you ignore one of Jesus' little comings into your life, you make yourself less likely to notice him when he comes again. And then finally in the gospel, Jesus gives an example of a thief breaking into a house. 
Now, obviously, if you knew when a, your house was going to be broken into and the thief was coming, you'd be there so it didn't happen. And Jesus says, so too, you also must be prepared for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Jesus enters your life in different ways and he tells us up front that he's going to come on his time, not yours. So the question for us, friends, is how do we remain ready? How do we stay awake for Jesus' coming? One answer lies in what we are doing right now. We are gathered for a sacrificial meal, a sacrifice because Jesus offers himself on our behalf, and a meal because he feeds us with his very self. The best way for us to be ready for all of Jesus' comings is to be connected to him in holy communion. The best way for us to be prepared for Jesus' coming is to be connected to him in Holy Communion. While the Eucharist appears to be simple bread and wine, it's actually the source and the summit of the entirety of Christian life. It's the source because from it flows all grace. And it's the summit because it is the pinnacle of all worship. That's why those two priests ran into the burning church to rescue what looked like ordinary bread because it was not ordinary bread but the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. So when you come up to receive Holy Communion, you need to have that desire to be always connected to him and that sincere desire to be in communion with everyone. In this way, you'll be always ready for Jesus when he comes.